0: And All right, lads, that was finally over. Thank goodness for that. I've got a question straight off the bat for you both, though. Would you rather win the Ashes and go out in a pair of... Oak- no, we're talking like a proper
1: pair of Oakley Speed Dealers or get Dick 4-0?
2: I'd rather get Dick 4-0, Tim.
1: <laughs> no, I'm in the same boat. I actually I actually went out in Oakleys a few years ago. Because I, I started getting into CrossFit a little bit and they, they do that sort of thing in CrossFit. It was a weird time. And then eventually I realized it, you know, it's not a good look.
0: Someone needs to tell Alex Carey that.
1: He must be a CrossFitter.
2: I can't make my mind up whether it's really wholesome.
1: You know, when you're in that zone and you've been on the piss for a couple of days, that you don't you actually forget what you look like. No, I
2: don't think so. I think
0: he's the type of person who goes out in like a pair of white Asics shoes and jeans and proper like dad jeans. I think that's his vibe. Do
2: you think he dresses sensibly, right? rather than fashionably. Is that what you're saying, Tim?
0: Yeah, for comfort. So if he's on a day session, he's going to be wearing comfortable clothes for that whole day. Right,
2: anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, Alex
0: Carey. But it's true. You can't be wearing Oakley sunglasses on a night out, surely. Actually, wait, no. He
2: was part of the crew, wasn't he? He was up until uh, six in the morning that came out. Uh, when I saw the video, obviously, I was, I was upset, saddened, especially watching the under-19s on the TV at the time. And I was thinking... You know, what example does this set for future generations of cricketers? And I'll tell you what example it sets. It sets an example of a group of experienced Test Match cricketers who don't know how to have a session without getting caught by the police. I mean, that is unbelievably poor. And on top of that, why are the Australian police arresting, or not arresting, but telling people to stop partying when they've just won the Ashes. I'm pretty sure when Wales won the Sixth Nation a few years back, Andy Powell was allowed to drive a golf cart down the side of the M4. It's a disgrace.
0: Do zero you two want to sum all of that up? Moniz, do
2: you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Uh, Tim, I haven't processed it all yet. And this is two days after just... How abysmal that last day was just how dreadful that was you finally almost fixed the one problem we've been having all series to get an opening stand which sets us up which means the lads coming in are going in against a slightly older ball and yet we managed to lose nine wickets in a session Oh, that's, that is unfathomable just how shite that session was. It wasn't like there was ever a moment where you thought, you know what, we've, uh, we've got this under control now, we've readjusted, maybe just a five over spell. Nothing. Awful. I'll get over it one day.
1: Do you, have you got anything to add? Basically, there was a couple of things on the last day that I, I really enjoyed. One of them was the change of intensity. As soon as Australia got that that sniff, that breakthrough, their bowlers just went up another gear. And that spell that Pat Cummins bowled at Ollie Poe, that was Test cricket, you know. And you just you know when you watch Test cricket, and you've got a a real bowler bowling fast, decent areas going at it, and you've got a bat- batter that's like surviving for his life. That's Test cricket, in my opinion. And I, 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 even as an England fan, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I think I texted you boys, didn't I, when that was going on? I said, guys, look, at Pat Cummings is great, isn't he? I wish he was my friend. <laughs> <laughs> And then and then the other thing that I really enjoyed was um Ollie Pope and Sam Billings at the crease and just how nice they look in pads. As someone that doesn't pad up well, when I walk out to bat, it looks like I've got my pads on the wrong legs. So it makes me appreciate people that do pull off pads. So they had the gray nicks on, the nice like ice blue on the bat. And I just found myself thinking they do really pad up really nicely. It's it's intimidating for me,
0: I always find when someone comes to the crease and they they just look the part they don't necessarily have to score many runs they could score a 20 or a 30 but if they're looking the part they pad up nicely the ball sounds good off the bat they're running hard you know when they run a single that isn't no one
1: else is taking singles there you know, hmm. oh. yeah you know where do you learn to pad up like that is that something that's just natural or do you think it is it's taught i th- i think it might be taught you know in private schools Pri- private schools and fathers i reckon yeah, they always had those lads that would push their pads down so they got that, like, bend. Some people took it way too far. Was that a Michael Clark thing? There, there yeah. was a lad
0: I know who didn't even do up his bottom strap. That's how far he got.
1: Yeah, no, that was a thing. That and was they the were thing.
0: scraping along the floor.
1: Not a good look, in my opinion, but... It's a bit like the mullet, isn't it, you know? Maybe it will come back around. <laughs> but, yeah, that was my that was my two things that I really enjoyed from that match. Everything else, I was pretty disappointed, like you, Manus. Tio, um, I, I was just saying, just
2: just... About the padding up, because like, <laughs> obviously you want to stay on that point a bit longer. So, yeah, uh, about yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't uh, trying to
0: move away from this at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, let's so carry on.
2: The, I I completely agree with padding up nicely when you're batting, but the grubbier you look as a wicketkeeper, the better you are, in my opinion.
1: Um, Do your hands smell, manners.
2: They stink. They absolutely. Played with, I've played,
1: yeah, I've played with keepers, and their hands just stink, and it's like just permanently. Well, like the, you can,
2: if you get a set of inners that you're really comfortable with, the leather just gets to a point where it smells. So, and then you obviously even if you're a clubby, you're wearing them those inners twice a week, Tuesday, Thursday, and then maybe Saturday, Sunday. So it's four times a week. You answer there's more days you're in those chamois leather sweaty pits than you are not in them, which is why I've develops that really nice musk over a certain amount of time. So there you go. <laughs>
0: I bet you glad good. we stayed
2: on that, Sim. <laughs> Thanks for yeah, being if, if, there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if anyone's still with us, uh, we'll move on swiftly to some awards for the Ashes. I've got about five categories. I'd like your answer and then a little explanation. First up, who was the player of the series for you, Munners?
2: Uh, I'm going to go with Head. I think it was... it, And it, particularly, it really drove it home with that 100 in this test match just because of how he seemed to bat on a different wicket to everyone else. He was definitely the difference in this Test match. In a low-scoring Test match where basically, you know, you're talking about Lava and Smith not doing the business, really, and, and Head is sensational. Absolutely sensational enough.
0: Seems like a good bloke as well, doesn't
2: he? Yeah, yeah, like, and that is that is a really rare trait
1: in an Australian, so yeah. well done to him. i definitely have a schooner with him. Jim, yeah. What about you? As much as I'd love to give it to Pat Cummins, I'd give it to Scott Boland. The bloke's a bowling machine. I think he was averaging ten. I don't know how many wickets he took. I feel like it was twenty. Uh, how many did he play? Three out of the five. Three, and he absolutely cleaned up. Right? Like, yeah.
0: Set I mean, on the edge of your seat, weren't you?
1: Waiting for him to. Yeah. yeah. And and he was and I look, every time I looked at his figures, I don't think he'd gone for more than about twenty, and he often had two or three wickets.
0: It was odd, wasn't it? You were kind of like there was Cummings and Start bowling at one end, and you were like. I think I'd rather be facing them.
1: Do you know what's amazing? Bye. I've not heard anyone mention Hazelwood. And I think Hazelwood's probably top one of the top five bowlers in the world, I'd say. Yeah. And to have someone come in, literally not heard Hazelwood's name mentioned, I think, yeah, that it's testament to, to bowling, really. Right then, biggest flop. It's, uh, it's not Rory Burns, I'll tell you that. It's not him. I'm
2: going to go with Steve Smith. If you're a bloke who's coming into the series averaging... Whatever he does in Ashley's series over recent years, we are probably up there in the 80s or something absolutely ludicrous. You're averaging 60 in Test Match cricket and you're at home. It's embarrassing what he's done, his output, Tim. That's all I can say. All right then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Stuart, are you going for Steve Smith? No, I'm not. I'm, unfortunately, I don't want to kick him out while he's down, but I've got, I've got to go for Hasib Hamid. I mean, he averaged 10. I don't think... No, I, I couldn't do a better job, but I think there's plenty out there that could. <laughs> you thought about it, Stu. You thought about it. I did. I, I thought, you know, I could nick a few through the slips and, you know, and, but no, I, I, I wouldn't. I'd, I'm a walking wicket. So no, <laughs> I don't think so. Who's the biggest chief, in your opinion, Stu? Yeah, Labuschagne, Hands down. Hands down. The most annoying cricketer, I think, to play the game. Just you know, and people, some people, some people love it, like the fact that he talks to himself and, and all that. But I can't, I can't stand it. I would, I, he's, I just, I would hate to bowl at him. He would rile me up. I'd lose control of myself. I'd do something silly and probably end up going for a load of runs. That's what he was to doing it. <laughs>
0: <Yeah. laughs> why me up even sitting at home? You know when um, Lions bowling, he's in it like short leg, and he's diving around the pitch on a length and stuff like that. I Oh, so home going mental, going crazy. It's, it's, the, it's the appeals. It's the appeals as well when it's nowhere near the back. But you, you just know he's lapping it up, isn't it? He loves the fact that people at home in England are raging
1: that he's doing that. He knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah, I think we've all played against a type of guy like Labuschagne as well, haven't we? There's always, you know, that one guy that his team probably love him for it, but everybody that plays against him. What not? what
2: was your biggest chief? Um, so I've got a list, Tim. One of them was a late, late entry. Alyssa Healy for calling out Rory Birds on Twitter, telling him he needed to wash his hair. Nobody needs that. It's completely out of line. He looks magnificent. Next one is David Warner. I know the truth. Stop pretending to be a nice guy. It doesn't matter how many photos you post to your happy family and everything going well. You're still Davey the Bulldog Warner or whatever they used to call you. You, still, you can still see just little twinges of it every now and again when he takes a catch and he turns around and he, does, he drives his waist towards the crowd. But number one, number one, Pat Cummins. What? And the reason for this is he is...
1: He's you know, the nicest I, guy in
2: cricket. He, he, this is the problem. Too good good-looking... Too nice, too good. In my eyes, cricketers aren't perfect. It's not right. There's something wrong there. He's been genetically modified. He's not like, like Jameson, perfectly genetically modified, but he's close.
1: He's close. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like he just grew up on a farm and, and got really strong that way. And that's why he's got a build as he does. That's the only thing I can think of why he, he looks the way he does physique wise.
2: I just, Maybe I look, it's, it's probably just raging jealousy. And that's all it is, Jim.
1: Yeah. No, yeah, I don't agree. I don't agree. I think you yeah, need to, you need to have your heroes, and Pat Cummins is definitely a hero. But if you don't like him, that's fine.
2: No, I, it's not that I don't like him. I like him too much. It unsettles me. He's Australian. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, On the of oh, Chiefs, you came up with a a new graph. Well, it's a graph, or what? What do we want to call it? It's more of a, it. Is, it's more of an equation, isn't it? Really? It is.
2: It is. So, but it's, it's, called uh, it's called the graph. It's called the graph. It's called the graph. Because I, I was, you know when you're sitting there watching cricket and you're trying to figure out why is it that drop ch- chances go down and why they seem to happen for more players than others, particularly minus Labashain, right? 50% of his innings, he gets dropped by an opposition player, and which is just an incredible statistic because I have never been dropped in my life. Never. Right, And this bloke is walking around and 50% of the time he bats, he knows he's going to get a second chance, which is incredible. So I thought, why is this? Then I had a look and it said that Ben Stokes was the second most dropped person in cricket. So what do these two have in common? Opposition players think they are dickheads. right? What else do they have in common? High value of wickets. So what I came up with was this graph here Which on the y axis has perception of dickheadishness, and on the x axis has the value of your wicket. And I've placed four names on there currently. I'm happy to expand this further. But Stuart Broad, pretty much every time he nicks it, he's out, especially in recent years. He's a high value dickhead, according to the opposition, but a very low value, very low value wicket. So he has a small chance of being dropped. Over here, we have Steve Smith. In recent years, very, very low-value dickhead, but a high value of wicket. So he's likely to be, dro- uh, to be caught. There he is, in the small chance of being dropped. And up here, in the high chance of being dropped, we have perceived dickheadishness of Marnus, incredibly high, and value of wicket, very, very high. Now, what do we think about this? I'll tell you, I'll tell you just before we start, remember that people who really want to get you out are going to jump across first slip and drop it. And there's a little moment of tension in their heads when the ball's coming towards them thinking, I want to get this guy out. What do you think, Stu?
1: Yeah, um, I'm, I'm I'm, in awe of your research there. It seems pretty thorough. Um, it seems pretty cast iron as well. I mean, I don't know really what to say about that. Um, just thinking of things, I mean, the... Lava Shane and Stokes maybe hit the ball harder and that's why they get dropped. Do you think about that one?
0: Nah, it's definitely that they're the biggest perceived dickheads. It's nothing, else. Mm.
2: Nah. is <laughs> it's important to recognise I'm entirely objective with this as well. It's perception of dickheadishness. I have no opinions on any of these players. I'm just telling you what, what the opposition thinks of them when they play.
0: Where do you think you would sit on that graph? Let's do a scenario. You've gone over to Sydney and you're playing...
2: Fifth grade. I had a put mate, come on, come on. I had a couple of second grade games. Come on, Tim. Come second off. grade. So you're yeah, playing yeah, second yeah. grade. Okay.
0: Yeah. You're, yeah. So you're playing second grade. They know you as that dickhead off of TikTok. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So where do hmm
2: So right, remember me batting seven, eight, as I do, wicket keeper, proper wicketkeeper. keeper. That's where we should bat, right? And and I'm just trying to twat everything. I am low value of wicket. All right, I'm low value of wicket, but high perception of dickhead. Okay, <laughs> so I'm sitting probably just below Stuart Broad there. So <laughs> I am, I am less like. Which way around is it? I am less likely if you're under. I, yeah, I am just under Stuart Broad, so I'm less likely to be dropped by the opposition. Whereas Stuart Broad, higher dickhead value, just. That's it. Facts. Facts. There you go. I'm happy to do that for anyone. In fact, I'm thinking about opening a kind of WinViz style business where I, uh, I tweet everyone's, everyone's value of being dropped. We should do
0: that, yeah. Mm. Mm. We should definitely do that. Uh, on the subject of you being a dickhead, I thought mm. this has been an interesting series for us. So we, the we, context people listening we've de- dealt with has been around for about a year. mainly on TikTok that's our big channel and we had the two India series we didn't get a great deal of abuse. we got a bit here and there about pitches and English people couldn't play spin and whinging and stuff like that but the majority of Indian people aren't on TikTok a lot of Australians are on TikTok so we got to experience probably for the first time in our in our life probably um, trolling I would say so I've I've gone and picked out some some beautiful pieces of trolling in our DMs. Um, I think we should maybe rate them.
2: Yeah, I like that. That's yeah. good.
0: Sh- should we have a go? Yeah. Um, so the first one. So the, there are a real range of trolling. You know, some some banter, some in the line and going beyond. I would say uh, first, one, <laughs> first one is how's that you dumb fucking pom seven for sixty one.
2: So. Uh, first off, I'd like to admire he's straight to the point and he's quoting statistics to back up his argument. So actually, it's a sign of a well-educated man, that, isn't it? It would only have been better if he'd then concluded his point by coming back to his initial point that I'm a fucking dickhead.
0: Stu, how do you rate this one?
2: Oi, wanker, you still having a cry or going to
0: address the fact that you're a soap dodger and you're shit at cricket? I mean, are these directed at moners? Mainly, yeah. Uh, I've got scot free here, to be honest.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, going at Munner's hygiene. That's fair enough. I think you know what else. What else did he say there? He said soap dodger, and then he said, "Oi,
0: wanker! You still having a cry?
1: He's been known to cry. Been known to cry in the past, Munner's, and hygiene. I don't know where he's got the evidence from, but he knows you. So I think it's a pretty good. It's a pretty good insult, to be fair." <laughs> This one uh this the next one we've got is I quite
0: like this one just making sure this is still going on big fella that's in relation to your bet about England losing the ashes mm. hope you're enjoying your cup of tea and biscuit me old fella chap
2: oh it's amazing how sometimes you can read things and what comes through is people doing a mock british accent isn't it and i think i think old chap is is a champion in many ways isn't it it's it's him belittling me and patting me on the head a little bit or he's showing genuine concern and uh, and if so for that i thank him
1: yeah that could be seen as quite endearing first of all he's called a big fella so you know you, yeah i'll take that and uh yeah old chap old chap seems to be quite a nice nice remark to pitch someone so yeah you can take that as one of two ways i think he's being nice to you there
2: yeah cool that's right then i'll look at that in a positive way now then next one Stu. um again this
0: is this is aimed at, at Munners. sad really wasting everyone's time with this shit series learn to shower before you t- try to play cricket
1: yeah again the hygiene so fair enough but uh, it's not very inventive let's get some new material on Munners. okay <laughs> everybody knows you smell It's a a fact, it's a given. (laughs) Let's get something different. Let's spice it up a little bit. The final one I'm gonna do, I think, you know, in my opinion,
0: you're the man of the series for me, for England, everyone else was dog shit, but you were there every single test after every single day, nailing it with the TikToks, with the three things that you enjoyed or you were highlighting from the test. And this is quite a nice one from, from an Aussie. I dislike you before the ashes, but mate, you've won me over. Realise you're taking the piss with slight seriousness. That, that is a serious compliment from an Australian, I think. I think yeah. you can be proud of that.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to start crying again like the lad said earlier, but that, that, is, um, that is a really nice thing to say. So, yeah, it, I, at, times, at times it's been tough hearing the things they've said, but, you know, that makes it all worthwhile. So thank you, mate, whoever
1: you are. <laughs> That's why you do it, isn't it, Manus? It's those it sort of comments. That's why you do it. <laughs>
0: right. Should we get on to some serious stuff? Well, as serious as we normally go. So I think Ben Stokes has announced that he's not going to go to the IPL. I think Joe Root has also mentioned he's not going to go to the IPL. Obviously, those two are trying to focus on Test cricket. Do you think this is something that More English cricketers need to need to do in order for Red Bull cricket to be
1: a success here in the UK? I think it's different for different players. In terms of people's development, I think there's two things you can go to the IPL for. So you go to the IPL for the money, which is pretty lucrative, or you go for the development. So there'll be players that go to the IPL, English players, and don't make any money. The way it works is you have to give up a certain amount of your contract back in England, to be able to go over and, and earn money over there, basically. So some some players don't actually end up coming away with that much money. You've got a lot of young younger sort of players that it's going to be so beneficial for them, especially with a World Cup coming up. When it, do you want to chat
2: about the... No, I just can't wait for the auction, Tim. Oh, you know,
0: yeah. Who's going to go uh, for this money?
2: I can't wait for some rogue South African to go for like a 1.2 million crore or whatever it is.
0: <laughs> Rassie Bandeudusen, how much is he going to go for?
2: Oh, oh what player Rassie. he is! Hey, I he, he could be, he could I be. Could, Rassie could go for a million, I reckon. Tell you what, that's that's, that's if that's your hot take, Tim, I like it. Rassi could go for Tim, a million.
0: How much is Livingston going to go for? Oh, he'll go for a million. Yeah, oh, surely he'll go for a million.
2: But then you get the old one where it's like, oh, he only went for a couple of hundred thousand. I know that's a silly thing to say. Okay. He only went for a couple, couple like, of hundred a- thousand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like Livingston might be one of those ones. You don't quite know why.
1: What What I love about it is that some people just blow up, don't they? You, you get know, in a frenzy, don't they? You get in a, bit, a, bit, a bit frenzy. I wouldn't be able to resist if I was a coach and I had a bit of money and I had the <laughs> owner next to me. I'd be like, go again, go again, go again. <laughs>
0: I think there's a few going, obviously going out to the IPL. I think Bairstow, Ward, you've named Livingstone will obviously be out there. I think the next big focus for us England fans is obviously going to be the T20 series in the West Indies, but then following that is going to be the Test Tour in March. And, I mean, who knows what we're going to be looking like. The papers today are saying that Alex Lees is being touted to open the batting. Any thoughts on that, Stu?
1: Yeah, the, the only thing I'm thinking with that is it's, I mean, who are the only people that they can go for? You have to look at the, lion, the, the, the Lions and you have to look at who opened the bat in there. Who's the next guy in? And you would have thought it's the guy opening the bat in for the Lions. But whether he's the right guy for the job, I'm not sure. I, I don't, what I don't understand is how, they, how they've missed Tom Haynes from Sussex. This is a guy that scored over 1,000 runs and captained Sussex at 22 last season. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't say to you that this is a guy that's got potential to play international cricket and potentially get him involved, then I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what does. So, you know, I, I, I would love to see someone like him, him come in.
0: So if you had one or two major selection changes, there might be way more. Who knows? But Munners and, and Stu. So Stu, we'll go, go with you first. If you had one or two major selection changes, who what would you go for?
1: So do you know, what? I wouldn't actually change the team too much because I think they've they've massively over, underperformed. But they're still a lot. Some of them are still the players that I would I would happily stick with. Hamid comes out for me. I'd stick with Crawley opening the batting, and I would love to see someone like a Tom Haynes. I think I, th- I think he'd be he'd be great in international cricket. And then the other one that made me that I've come around to over the last sort of week is Billings. I like him. I know I know your folks is your man manners, but I just like his energy. It was really nice to have someone behind the stumps that didn't just catch it, like launch it over their shoulder like they didn't give a fuck basically. Obviously Butler does give a fuck, but it's the body language, isn't it? I like my keeper to be positive up and about. And I saw that from Billings and, he, and I think to myself, sometimes it's it's more than you know, the technique of the player or not saying he's not got a good technique or the ability of the player. It's about the character. And I, I think he's a great character and, and I, I think he's worth a go.
2: I'm sorry, I I can't I can't back out of the corner I'm in in terms of folks. I want him. I want him there. I've wanted him for so long. Oh, folksy, I've wanted you so bad for so long in that (laughs) test (laughs) side. You gorgeous man. Listen, we, we can find a way of getting Sam Billings in this side. We don't need we don't if you want that energy and you want that buzz, that's fine. He doesn't need to be doing it with the gloves. You know, he can have that fantastic energy drive mentality that he has when he's leading sides back here in the hundred, but just do it in the place. Of someone else, but not Ben Fox. All right, we'll find a way. We, we we shoehorned we shoehorned Butler in and pushed Besto out of the way. Besto, we can do that again. You can we move him around again. More. But
0: can I get it straight then? You'd be dropping Besto then.
2: Well, we'll give maybe we'll rest um, Stokes a bit longer and we'll give him a bit longer to come back from his injury, and we'll we'll, we'll send we'll send out. But this the, also, so we should the look at,
0: and say no to Billings.
2: Listen what we'll do is we'll use the West Indies as an opportunity to trial some lads out who look like they've got the DNA of test match cricketers. And by that, I mean, blokes like, like Stu says, lads who are leading at the moment in County Championship cricket, like Tom Abel, someone like that. I
1: like Tom Abel. Yeah. He's, he's,
2: Says how beautifully as a stick. I mean, he can offer a little bit with the ball. It's not really test match bowling, but it's but it's nice to have an option. And he's a leader at Somerset, and he's got had them in the mix every year in the county championship while he's been there. Why not give someone like that a go?
1: Someone else that I'd like to sorry, just off the top, I've just remembered someone else that I'd like to see get in there is Saki Mahmoud. I think this great. This would be a great series to, for us to see him. How important is
2: the immediate future of winning test matches over having some? Long-term plan past Stuart Broad and James Atlas. In my mind, as an England fan, I'd rather see them give an, a fresh set of seamers a go in the West Indies and lose the tour, than have another series where we're relying on two guys in their mid to late thirties. And in the same way, when we come and play that first Test of the summer, we can't—they're <laughs> not going to be there for in four years' time. And we've—and if we want to, we want to be competing come Australia. We need to be giving lads goes from now. We need to make different changes from now. And if you're not, and as and as romantic as it is to let Broad and Anderson carry on until they physically can't do it anymore, I don't think it does anything for English cricket in the long term. Letting them play until they choose to finish.
1: But what I'm saying to that man is, this, "Go on, name me two better bowlers."
2: But I can't. But you need to let them. You need to let them learn how to be better bowlers.
1: Name me two bowlers that eventually could take Anderson and Broad's spot that aren't playing now, that yep. aren't Woods, Robinson or Wokes. Is, um, is
0: there a way of finding a balance, though? Because like, there's a, a lot that someone like Sakib Mahmood, Ollie Stone, Brydon Cars could learn from bowling with one of Broad and Anderson and being eased into the team. Do you know what I mean? And a ready successor. I know I think they were trying to do that with Ollie Stone and his injuries. And I think there's probably a balance to be had. I, I do agree to some extent with Munners that it's there will become a point where it's pointless. But I don't think it is now. But I think we need to find a way of taking our two greatest ever seamers us and using them to help forge the next generation of cricketers, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, no, I'd agree with you there too. I think they're the two best guys to learn from. What better guys to learn from? So I get your point there. But I just, I really just can't. A, a test match is a test match, okay? And it's a it's an important thing that it's respected and you play your best team. And for me, I, I'm really dubious about planting people in that might not be ready or dropping people out. I, I think they've earned the fact that it's going to be their decision. And I, even if that doesn't, if that's not good for English cricket in the long run, then it's not. But and they've put
0: they've they proved that they're not ready to retire. Like, although it's been difficult in Australia, like the spell Anderson bowled in Sydney was phenomenal. Like, they've proved that they're not over the hill yet.
1: Well, because I think you've got, and then you've got Wood, who's probably our best bowler out there. Wood's never going to be your type of bowler like Broder Anderson. So you probably couldn't build your attack around him. But to have him as an asset, you know, that you can call upon. It's, it's amazing to have someone that, like that. You know, you bowl quicker than everyone. We're in a good place. We just need to add in a couple more. What about Parkinson? <laughs>
2: hey, hey, I think we should be picking leg spinners. Why not? What, what, why not? <laughs> no, one, no one can hold up an end as it is. Why not pick a leg spinner? Tim, is that who you'd pick for the West Indy? Mm,
0: I'd, I'd pick two spinners, definitely. 100% pick two spinners. So, so, on that subject, we, there's basically been a, an awful lot of chatter. I know we discussed it a few podcasts ago about radical ideas to maybe improve red ball cricket in the UK. Jonathan Agnew's come out with one today. I, I'd love both of your opinions on this. I don't know if he reviews it. What he's proposing is basically, and this is to quote him I'm proposing that we take the eight teams from the 100, add two more, and create a new first class competition that replaces the county championship. It would not involve the same players as the 100, but you could have the same system of a draft. In one move, it ensures that the best are playing against the best. It cuts down the number of games and it is easier to thread first-class cricket throughout the summer.
1: That's all well and good from Agnew to say that, but that puts 18 counties out of business and hundreds of people would lose their jobs. I don't think it's the option. Moniz, what are your thoughts on on that one off, off the bat? Uh,
2: There's been a lot of strange ones. In my, in my mind, what is happening here is that, I know Agnew's not part of the inner sanctum of the chair of selectors or the head coach or anything like that, but there is an inherent problem with the structure of English cricket. And that's that people at the top really like their jobs, right? So the easiest thing to do, rather than blame the fact that counties are producing you enough players to go and get results in Australia, it's just that you haven't set up the national side in a way that is conducive to getting results is to then blame the counties and off on our first class system for what's happening that way you don't lose your gig instead if you come up with radical reform ideas and say well look we're offering options and we're trying to make it better then you keep your gig that's my thoughts on it do i think we should scrap all the counties yes no of course i don't think we should scrap all the counties <laughs> of course <I> don't, but <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my word! I, I saw, I saw the end of dealt with just in front of my eyes. Then,
2: uh, Tim, I love, I love county cricket. and We definitely shouldn't get rid of it. It's, it's, it's clear. It's producing enough players. We just need to find a way of making it work. Because I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Are we making enough good players for Test match cricket?
0: Uh, I think the point is we make enough good players for one day cricket. So there's nothing wrong with the talent pool. There's nothing wrong with the counties. I don't think anyway. You know. Uh, if you go to that hundred system, which I, I like the hundred, I like the draft, um, I like all that stuff, but I think it has its place in short form cricket, and that's it. But you look at some of the counties that have produced our Test match players. So Somerset produced Butler, they produced Best, they produced Leach. Right, those two haven't really cut it massively. You look at Durham, they've produced Wood and Stokes. You know, there's some great players. Sussex have which Robinson and, and Archer. These are these small counties that might miss out. And you're talking about some serious players from some serious like talent pools, like Kent. Kent had five, was it, five players paid played, played Kent Premier League cricket in that England team or in that Test match? I'm not sure. Just because they're not from cities, you lose out on a lot of good talent that is developed elsewhere, like Devon. Devon creates some serious cricketers through Somerset. I, I don't believe in it. I think the 18 counties is fine. I think you do need to find a a way of making county cricket more like Test cricket. But who who knows? Who's got the answer on that? Probably ask Tim if we keep talking about it. Yeah, come
1: on. One day we might strike gold. I think it. I genuinely think it all comes down to better pictures, better pictures that are more comparable to Test cricket. That's what for me. That's what it comes down to.
0: Yeah. So an interesting take, like there's been so many takes, like like we're saying, um, and, and they are quite interesting. But w- one of the interesting ones was Rob Key, I think, said that the ECB should employ the groundsmen and not the counties. The groundsmen then create the pitches that work for the ECB rather than
2: yeah.
0: a county going, I need a green seamer because we need a win to stay up, basically, and we need a result. The
1: ECB definitely have enough money to do that. 100%. E- the ECB could easily fund all, all 18 groundsmen easily that's not going to happen overnight that's going to be five years of counties playing on better pitches we can't have one season playing on better pitches and go right we've cracked it we're going to produce three pat cumminses two josh hazelwoods it doesn't happen it doesn't happen like that
0: one one interesting one we we got some email correspondence after the third test from rob in the isle of Wight. i dealt with long time lister first time caller here's a radical one we'd have to iron it out but you know how in limited overs cricket, you can only bowl a certain amount of overs? Could you put something similar in, in the championship? I.e., if you've bowled 80 overs, at least 20% of these have to be bowled by a spinner. This stops counties creating green seamers and inevitably makes better wickets and allows players to face faster bowlers and better spinners. Munners, have you got any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, like it Change. I mean, that's something they can control and control quickly, the playing conditions. And... <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure that'll be a trial, a trial and error. Um, so it's not the instant fix we necessarily need because I'm sure teams will find ways around it. But why not? Why wouldn't that be a, a, a way of of making sure people are exposed to the sort of cricket that's going kind to of prepare them properly for Test match cricket?
1: You know, I don't think the game of cricket is broken. I don't think first class Test cricket is broken. I don't think the rules of the game need changing. You know, and really what Rob's saying there, or as he said, I think he's even said it in his words, you're gonna play the groundsmen You're gonna Are gonna prepare better, better pitches and stop them preparing green seamers. He said it there. He said you don't need to say guys gonna bowl twenty percent of they overspin. I don't think you need to say that. I don't think. Why would you bring in that rule that, that that's not been in the game for hundreds of years? I might just be a bit of a purist here, but I don't think I don't think you need to bring in rules like that. I just, you like eight
0: um, ball overs, don't you?
1: Yeah, bring that back. Did you, did you
2: see him last summer out there picketing the 100 out the front saying, this is the death of cricket, we don't need this. Hurling abusive kids in their, their crisp packet shirts as they walk through the gates. You little <laughs> bastards.
1: You're ruining this game. Dressed dressed in full whites, wasn't I? <laughs> with, with my pads on, the wrong legs. Right, real. I think that's a
0: all we got time for this week, um, lads. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a whirlwind six weeks. I think uh, really enjoyed doing this. We'll have to do. We'll have to do some stuff around the T20 series in the West Indies, and obviously when England are playing, we'll do some stuff. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, I hope you've stayed with us. I hope you've enjoyed it. We dealt with cricket. Go give us a follow on all the socials, especially TikTok. Do like and subscribe. And it's been a pleasure being with you all over this uh, traumatic six weeks.